0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Microsoft Teams Insider podcast. Really excited for this one. One of the things I wanted to do on the podcast was get more views from enterprise and what's really going on in the real world of Microsoft Teams and collaboration. And uh, kindly Cho Young, who is collaboration platforms and service product manager at Paracel has agreed to come on. Hey Cho Young, how are you doing?
1: Hi Tom, I'm fine. Thanks for having me. No,
0: great to have you on. I appreciate you taking the time. We've had a lot of good conversations offline. So I've been looking forward to this one. It's good to get the view from outside the kind of consulting and Microsoft bubble as well. So give us a little bit of introduction, who you are and what your role is, and maybe a little bit about Parixel as well. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm working for Paracel. Parixel
1: is a CRO, a clinical research organization. And what they do is offering expertise and services for managing clinical studies. Clients are the big pharma and biotech and companies. And I'm working in the internal IT department, the Parixel. And I joined Parixel in 2005. Oh my God, oh, i <laughs> I started as a IT project manager. And then about 10 years later, I switched gears and went over to be a product manager. Now, the big shift I noticed is When you're an IT product manager, it's okay, like a trail arrow. If you do something wrong, you can do it quickly, redo it again, and then it works. In the product management world, you should take time before you make a decision because the decision you're going to make should be the right one because this is more long-term implications. My first area was I work in resource management systems, but then summer 2019, I was asked whether I want to switch over to the collaborations hmm. and I was actually, okay, so what would be the area? Do you know Microsoft 365? And I was like, ah, not really, and, but I'm an engineer of the office product and so forth. Yeah, but it would be go beyond that. So I interested and I said, oh, of course I am. So I switched gears and then I became the IT product manager for Microsoft 365. And this is how I came into this role. And then we had a Great the journey so far. <laughs> Rolling our teams at the bottom. I think this is what you're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I, I love aspects.
0: that I love that story that you came in and cloud time frame of Microsoft 365 just kicking off. And I guess with people's context, Paracel is something like seventeen, eighteen thousand users is quite a big organization. So suddenly you were responsible for a, a very big platform. Oh
1: yeah. I missed the twenty thousand plus uh, over twenty thousand users. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now. So you came from not really being like a Microsoft 365 product owner or service owner straight in. And you came in around the time that Teams was beginning to, to take They so Talk us through that kind of Teams journey for Power Excel.
1: Yep, sure. Let me go a little one step back. When I started to learn more about the collaboration space, I stumbled upon a report analysis on collaboration systems. And in this report, which was resonating with me is that there were, they were segmenting the collaboration space in 12 areas. And in each of the area, I saw several players. But the interesting part was that in each of them, or most each of them, Microsoft was there hmm. and in the, in the top area. So what I saw is that, okay, with their synergy across the segment, they tried to come. And I was pushing it for Paris so when I saw about this. Now, at that time, we... Were you already using Exchange. So that worked already. There were thoughts about starting to use OneDrive, but probably the collaboration space. And there were also thoughts about, hey, how about Teams? So in autumn 2019, we start with the planning. How would we do it? The good thing, for, and this is the nice position, a nice situation I had, we had already the live season. Yeah. So this was more a matter about how can roll out Teams with all its features and collaboration benefits to a company with 20,000 people. And we were at zero with teams at that time. What typically happens, and this happened also to self we contacted a large consulting company who was recommending us, okay, here's the plan. This is our 12 months plan, how you can roll out teams yeah. with the technical uh, item, with the change management portion. And to be honest, the first time I saw this, I was like, 12 months? Really? So oh, long? Why and I was also in the luxury position that it was suggested, hey, maybe you would like to have also a more independent consultant for this journey. And this was, and I was hungry for it because I just wanted to have several perspectives on it yeah, and not from the same direction. And with this consultant, I resonate uh, discussed it and we came to the conclusion, hey, it could be faster. So it's acknowledged we need to consider parriculture culture, how to roll out new things into the company especially the global around 20,000 people. So we could negotiate it down from 12 to eight months. So that was beginning 2020. And then in in February, we had this plan, everything was blessed. We brought it up to our senior stakeholders and they blessed it all. And said, go for it, eight months plan." And then two, three weeks later, as the whole world, COVID was hitting us. Yeah. It was like, okay, Choyong, you have your eight months plan. Can you do it in four weeks? I was like,
0: Yes, <laughs> no, I can. That was only one answer at that point, really, wasn't there? <laughs> the one, exactly. I
1: had also a, a great Microsoft My admin team, so actually, team is good. It's two people responsible for many things. M 61 one was just one aspect. Yeah, job. and that's
0: really yeah. interesting. Two people, so twenty thousand user org, and two people in that admin team. That's a, a small team for such a big org.
1: Yes, and, and we connected very fast together because we had the same philosophy of whatever we roll out, it needs to scale. Yeah. And when I say scale means it needs to be effective, but also efficient. And efficient in terms of whatever we put in place, we should not, one year later, be bombarded with a lot of maintenance efforts because certain cuts in the days, you know, special configuration. So we were in line with when we roll out teams, we do it as generic as possible, with as least as possible special. Yeah, like that's a
0: really, a really good takeaway for people because quite often in enterprise, enterprises like to tweak everything just this way, just that way. This country likes it this way. This team likes it that way, and you end up with so much bespoke complexity. As you say, it adds an operational overhead as well as a project overhead.
1: Yes, at that time we so we were operating in about. Fifty plus countries or more comparisons based from BUS. U.S, so we speak all English. I'm located in Germany, so you might have thought, okay, you might want to have a, a German version, an English version, a French yeah. version no. It was English, and anyhow, this was just an example to make it as generic as possible. And as I started, hey, can you do it within four weeks? This was about the end of February, beginning of March, and beginning of April, we wrote it out to 20,000 people. Now, the preparation discussion was, and we can discuss it more here about. Who can, who should be able to create a team in Teams? How do we manage guest accounts? Because this concept would be also new yep. for us. And how about the content? To what extent should IT be involved in, in, with the content and with the handling of it? What about the Teams applications? I learned so much about how this is managed in the background. And when I learned how it is managed in the background, I, I thought, That's complicated. We need to do it in a more efficient way. That's For example, what I've learned is if you have a user and would like to have a new Teams app, then for each permutation of Teams app to a user, we need to create a Teams app policy. So we had many policies and I was feeling very pity for the M65 agent who needed to come up with this. So we changed, for example, our approach for that as well and simplified it, which was more on how we do it conceptually rather than... Oh,
0: where did you land on creation of teams? Did you restrict that or did you let the users create their own teams?
1: Good question. And let me cite something which I was also citing all the time within Parallel Excel, Uncle Ben from the Spider-Man movie with great power comes great responsibility. So with this mindset, and this is really the mindset I'm applying to everything because I'm a huge fan kind of democratizing features. So you can then imagine that I was proposing, Hey, we should allow anyone to create team by themselves. They should not go through an IT-managed process because if people are starting to request a team in Teams, then we will be bombarded with creating them. And then we would need to think about automating it. And then we need to think about how to configure it, how to customize it in order to make it a good life experience for the end users. So I brought this in. There was a discussion and the, the back and forth discussion with the pros and cons, but I think, and maybe also a little bit due to the COVID situation, people gave in and said, okay, Chonong, roll this out with everyone alone, creating team of teams. I think at that time, people could not think, and including me, what the implications are. No, no, it was very, it was was the
0: time where we could get a lot done through necessity, wasn't it? So there wasn't the two months to debate about the pros and cons, but that's quite progressive. For a 20,000-user organ and kind of biopharma as well, to put power in the user's hand. And I love to see that because I agree with you. It stifles the users if you don't let them have that responsibility. Did you find that you then had a job to do to tidy up the number of teams? Like did did that cause, I and mean, people always worry about sprawl, was that a reality?
1: So what we noticed is that the number of team and teams increased a lot. Yeah. And in the beginning, exponentially, by now, the growth rate of team and teams slowed down. So I think we reached a certain level. Even until then, and you can imagine there are thousands of team and team Yeah, and from a from an overall governance perspective, me as the product manager for MC65, into teams, I have the oversight over them. I was um, direct uh, uh, my transformation from the beginning. I I will not look into particular team and teams. I'm handling them all together. So what we have implemented with the m 65 admin, we looked into the exploration policy. So we said, okay, if no one, if there have no activity, it will get expired and then it will get deleted. Yeah. I love when Microsoft was more and more bringing in features, which was taking care of age data. And we have not started at this point, or we are not using at this point, uh, labeling costs. So this is something which is a big topic and which will come and which will make our lives much more yeah. easier. I said, until then, if I don't have that, we just need to say, if you don't touch your data, if you don't own the data anymore, it needs to go away.
0: Yeah, because that's always a problem I see, again, in customers is is the business thinks... IT own the data because it's on an IT platform. They're like, well, that's your responsibility, IT. In Teams, like, well, no, it's, the, it's business data. It's not IT's data. So getting those DMARCs set correctly to help them understand like, it's your responsibility and you need to tell us about, do you want to keep it? Do you want to delete it? Here's the policies.
1: Yes, and I know try to avoid to make comparisons, but like, we are like a car manufacturer. We are building cars. We are handing it over to you, but we don't tell you. How to obey the rules for driving a car or what you put into the car and what you transport it. We are building the car. So, again, signing the (laughs) Spider-Man movie, with great power comes great responsibility. Here's your car. And I try to keep this mindset now with COVID, you know, coming down again and reaching the new normal. I can see certain habits which were pre-COVID time. And, and try to say, Hey, we took our lessons from the past two, three years. Let's continue with that.
0: That's really interesting. And did you roll out, you rolled out for all workloads during that time. So you were doing collaboration and meetings. Did, did or has phone come into that yet? Or where are you with on that journey?
1: Oh, so we just completed transitioning to Microsoft Teams Voice. That was great for Teams Voice. What happened is we had another solution. But we were giving everyone a telephone number. So I think, and and again, I'm not the technical specialist, so I'm more the linkage between the business and IT. So I'm used to say telephone number instead of PSTN, what I've learned by now. (laughs) (laughs) So what, but what I've learned and what also the independent consultant was seeing from the outside and sharing with me is that the, the usage of the necessity that everyone needs a telephone number goes down. So what we successfully did, and this was the positive business case when we said, Hey, let's switch over to Teams Voice. And by the way, can we reduce the telephone numbers for our 20,000 people down to 3,000? And this was uh, obviously attractive as well for a bit more business case. So we went that route. Yeah, that's um, a huge
0: reduction. And uh, you're not alone on that. I'm hearing that in other customers as well. Was there pushback from the users on that? Or were they okay with, I don't necessarily need a business phone number? There wasn't
1: a lot of pushback. So uh, on higher stakeholder level, they immediately said, oh, I'm not using my phone for the past one or three years. So you can have, right. out, but this is not representative because you have the user base of 20,000 people. Mm. So when we started to communicate this, okay, I was aggressive. I thought, hey, we can do it with 1,500. Okay. We ended up with 3,000. So there were some, some people coming back and saying, for this legitimate reason, we need the number. Yeah. I'm using it maybe once a year, but I need that for all business. And that made sense. And, uh, but I was thinking, ah, oh, it shouldn't go over. The album. so uh,
0: I imagine that was, I don't know if you got involved in the ROI of that, but I imagine that was a substantial saving compared to playing for the, the legacy PBX costs.
1: Yes, it is. But the higher cost savings, because you mentioned that as well, we rolled out teams, but also teams meeting. So we had also another solution in place for meeting with yeah. meetings. Yeah, that ROI was even better than voice. This was really a big one. And we went along by rolling out teams in April 2020. And three months later already, we were able to decommission our old meeting system. And because everyone was then fully adopting into Teams meeting.
0: That's awesome. Um, What did you do around meeting rooms? Did you refresh the rooms at that time?
1: Very good question. So we started about one year ago, the Teams voice and video project and the voice portion has been by now more or less completed and the rooms were also then replaced. I think we are still replacing them. This takes a little bit more time because we need the devices and I'm hearing it's not so easy to get the dividers. Yeah, it the
0: um, it's not because an issue with staff things coming back, a bit back to normal now, but chips are still hard to come by. So it's uh, it's interesting.
1: Yep. And we are on a good way for that as well. So
0: yes. Nice. How does it work in your organization in terms of it's really interesting to see how the project and the operations work? But things like end-user devices, so webcams and headsets, obviously moving to teams, people need devices. Is that part of your remit? Is there a parallel team? Is that the desktop team? Who would be responsible for headsets and webcam hardware?
1: Yeah, so this is another uh, team. Gladly I'm not involved with headsets and all these devices, so, so I'm benefiting from that, the good work of my To
0: understand how to deploy them, get them to users, manage them, update them, etc.?
1: Yes. So I'm glad of the good desktop engineering team. Also, pre-COVID, we had a high emphasis working with decentralized workers as well. So we had already the infrastructure, the mindset to provide equipment. And when we were starting to come into this COVID time, as any other company, we had the same challenges to get those devices and get them out. But based on what we had already, it was not a big issue. So we could provide them, obviously, if you, because uh, uh, this is the only good thing during the scope time, we had the possibility, the environment where we could roll our teams and focus on, hey, use your headsets. Because if you work remote, you had already your headset, yeah. be it a private one or from the company one. The people had already seen the proof. It Remote working works also in, at large scale. Therefore, the only thing we needed to do is, hey, your headset is working. We set your new one. A- and that's basically it. Uh, why the people were not coming into the office. List. We could take the advantage of taking the phones away and saying, hey, yes, if, if you want now to have a team voice, and this was only affecting the 3,000 people, you need to use your laptop, your headset mm-hmm. in order to make calls. And the other ones were already adopting using. Teams for making their internal calls and so forth and the their headset or whatever. Yeah, do. that's
0: it. You, once you start using Teams for meetings and internal calling, then phone is no different. It's just another type of call, isn't it?
1: Yes. So when I saw the metrics it Teams time, the number of chat calls and meetings tripled or nearly quadrupled. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, how did we do this before? Only via the phone? Only via emails? So I think it is really game changer when we rolled out teams in the company. And I think across the board, vertically and horizontally, it was seen as a great success to have this.
0: That's awesome. And obviously, COVID accelerated the project, so you got it out very fast. It's it's been a few years now. What have you done in terms of adoption and training and change management? Does that come under your remit? Is that a parallel team? Has that been the users discovering for themselves? Have you had a formal process around that?
1: So let me start with, we don't have a change management team. So it goes to me as the one product manager person. Yep. And obviously I commit only to things what I can also manage as one person. That means because I'm a fan of the democratizing features and I needed to count on how intuitive Teams is. So many Ways it is, and certain ways. Oh, let's start. you kind of prove <laughs> it. One example was: Should I create a large wiki or site and shop on online where people can see it? Now, I started to say: First of all, I'm not a good writer. Secondly, I don't want to update it all the time because Microsoft is continuously evolving. So my approach was: I created a site, putting in some parts of specific information but then try to point as much as possible to the Microsoft documentation. And that is a good set. And then we have within the business, people who are taking care of their use. Right. They obviously came to me and said, how can we do that? And I showed them a little bit here on things. And then they created their own material at their own risk to maintain it and keep it maintained moving forward. So I basically divide and conquer. And this is how over the past three years we evolved. So it's not only teeth, but all sort of Stream, for example, the stream transition is now coming yes. out in Planner or Test by Planner, and all of these Microsoft apps to do. This is something which I highlight.
0: That's awesome. And how, like talking about the wider M three six five, because uh, you've got all of it under your remit. How do you keep up with all the pace of change and new news? Teams has been the, the most changing product over the last couple of years. But how do you keep up with all the change in terms of operations?
1: So when we rolled our Teams. I think we rolled out also pure applications. So from the beginning, we said we are not giving them the world of all, I don't know, at that time, 300, 300, 400, 500, I don't know, Teams application, world there existed. So we started with, we uh, kept the focus on Teams, then to do and test by Planner and support. Yeah. And for example, when people were asking, hey, here's an, uh, an app I would like to use in Team and Teams. At that point, I said, we cannot democratize this way. Because IT security is a great stakeholder yes. as well in this game. And they said, hey, you cannot open up a space for people to work with software which has not been approved by Pyrex at all. So the good thing is, I could point those people to IT security or to our third-party software process, because only when it, this came through, then it came to my plate. And the only thing I need to decide is to say, am I going to roll this out now to the people who have the license for this third-party Teams app? or to the whole company. And now I said, if I run a company in Teams and Teams, it will be for the whole company. For the people who have a license, they can benefit from it. For the one who doesn't, go to the business who is managing the licenses or funding the licenses. So this kind of framework, but otherwise, whenever there's a change and if it becomes relevant for the people to share, then I put it onto our digital workplace site, our SharePoint site. Otherwise, I'm counting on that it's Uh, Intuitive enough coming from Microsoft, how
0: they design it. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. The scale you're hitting with the team is really impressive because you've rolled out a lot in a short period of time. You mentioned your two two admins. Are they responsible for all of the M365 administration or does that break down into different business units?
1: They are responsible for all of M365. Now, when I say Microsoft 365, I do not necessarily mean Azure this Azure side. So this is a separate another thing. Within MC65 you have also the security compliance portion. This goes to the security area. So MC65 is more admins uh, are more about the platform, more about how to keep up with the user accounts and all of this. And then with me, how can we roll out in the most democratized way, but also in the most controlled passive at the same time to our 20,000 user base. But again, yes, only these two people for basically everything yeah. I need from that.
0: And does that flow into, uh, is phone and meeting rooms, are they treated as different, different teams or just phone just tick along in that same administration team?
1: Very good question. I think you need always to ask just in order to make me clear, <laughs> for the MTR, it's called the team meeting rooms and the voice. We have our unified communications group. At yeah. Now. So yes. If they need something for a configuration so that they can run and maintain it from the M65 admins, they come to them. But then once that have been done, running is done by the unified communications. Yeah, I, I
0: find this really fascinating. It's interesting to see how Microsoft is certainly envisioning a world where these lines are all blurring of what's collaboration, what's video meetings, what's calling and who looked after them. And it's very interesting to see how it, it, in some organizations, those teams work really well together and get things done. In others, if it's too individual, often the UC team aren't talking to the collaboration team, aren't talking to the 365 admins who aren't talking to the networks. It can get quite complicated. I,
1: I, to just resonate a little bit of what you said, uh, when we started our uh, team's journey, Microsoft 365 was a term no one knew. Hmm. By now, because I was a lot hey, When you talk about team and teams, this is about Microsoft 365 because then Japan online was also becoming wider known. And then people ask more questions and their hunger, just for collaboration, for more things were increasing. And you can imagine that like the beast around the honeypot. I'm not sure whether I can even use the picture, but I got many requests and far more than one person or two admin person could manage. Mm. I'm glad that we had uh, various segments within IT, Internal internal IT where we have security path, the unified communications path, How I could defer them to those yeah. departments.
0: That's awesome. So it, it sounds like you're pretty well there on your Teams journey. You've got collab, you've got meetings, you've got voice. What's next as you look at the year ahead? What are you thinking about in terms of project? Is it other parts of M365? What have you got on your mind for the coming year?
1: Yes, so I think now we are using Teams and with this indirect shop on online, but now more and more, widely shared from online mm-hmm. accumulated a lot of data residing in our m65 world and even though the framework i set up is easy enough and everyone knows okay exploration data there and once it's off deleted and hard deleted later on it security has a big emphasis on how can we improve that experiences data come what people are leaving or what kind of data is it and how can this be automated again I'm not involved in this from M65, I mean, because I'm just one person and I could never manage it. So I'm a little security ITCQDP. So this is one big portion, but this will have implications that if they put something in place, which is implication of the end user experience from the daily of work for uploading documents, managing and retaining it or deleting it, this is something we need to have an emphasis on. The other big portion, is, and I'm going along with Microsoft, the Viva platform, Interesting. what we had is we wrote at Viment Teams, but then people even were asking, and I like this, if the user base is coming to me asking for things now, how about Yammer, which is now called Viva Engage. So this is something I'm looking into it, Viva Personal Insights. This is something which as an step, we want to reach Viva Learning. We have our training system, our learning system. If we could combine this with Viva Learning in the broader picture of Viva, yeah. that would be great. So this is my big uh, emphasis for, for this year.
0: Awesome. I really appreciate you taking time to to talk to us. I know you're super busy and thanks for giving such good insight. And I say congrats to you and the wider team on that scale of project and getting through it all. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really nice to hear the behind the scenes. I appreciate it.
1: Yep. Uh, thanks for your time as well.
0: Great. All right. And uh, maybe we'll check in again with you in the future, see how you're going with, uh, with Viva or something like that. I'm very happy to come again to you. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening. If you've got any questions or feedback, do leave it in the comments below. Thank you.